Greetings and welcome to Nodcast with Nod founding members Paddy Shine and Chris Haslam. Nod bless. Dali. Hello. Hello. Welcome yeah. to the Nodcast. Thank you for uh, inviting me. No, it's our pleasure. Yes, that's good. Yeah. So, Dali, um, I mean, let's get straight into it. Give us a little bit, give us an intro. Give us a little back, bit of background on 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 yourself. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to, to be like very, you know, very personal or things like that. Uh, I mean, okay. clearly my... my uh, my background is like I arrived in this country in 2011. I never played music before, but I was always like singing. Uh, it's uh, it's a thing that I've done for uh, for myself. But arriving here was like, uh, well, maybe I can do that outside my house with other people. And so I get to music like that 2012. Yeah. And since 2012, I'm uh, based in Bristol. So, and based in Bristol, I met a lot of people playing music, and I met you guys <laughs> <laughs> through through uh, this music thing. So, uh, that that's works. my background. Okay. Wow. Well, do you mind me asking where, where was it you came over from? From France or from where? Yeah. 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 yeah that's a good question. Actually, I'm. I was coming. I was coming from Lyon. And mm -hmm. actually, uh, my family background, without like being too uh, precise, is from Morocco. Okay. So I grew up in France. I'm born and bred in France, but then uh, I moved from uh, France to uh, to Britain, uh, to Bristol. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and did you did you move to did you move to the UK for music or for artistic? Not, not at all. I was no. not a musical person of, I mean, I was uh, like before Bristol, I was not involved in music. I always had like, obviously a great, uh, great uh, interest in music. I always wanted to, you know, uh, see gigs and, uh, you know, enjoy music. I really yeah. enjoy music. Uh, I think like, but here I had that, this kind of, uh, you know, strength to go out and say okay i'm a musician too i'm a musical person too i can do things related to music okay. so yeah no way <laughs> and so tell me were you always into the kind of uh weirder noise noisy kind of experimental stuff that you found yourself to be a part of was that the music you were listening to anyway but no i think um okay uh let's say it like that with the family background being moroccan mm -hmm. i mean the traditional music in morocco is weird for plenty of people you know yeah if you listen to this music like for example if you enter to the you know the gnawa world or even like the music that is played in a, a wedding is yeah. crazy yeah. it's crazy yeah. it's like it's really like moving people to the point that yeah so listening to this kind of music when I was uh, a child was not for me something like a weirdo music. It was yeah. the music of my parents. And yeah. I, th I think that brought me to this kind of, uh, you know, uh, listening. Uh, because uh, in, in traditional music in Morocco, you have also this, this very important aspect that is trance. Mm-hmm. And this is like something I saw people getting in trance. I was a child, like one of the first memory I have in um, related to music was to be in a, uh, a wedding in Morocco and seeing like people dancing like crazy, like mm. getting in their trance. Mm -hmm. I saw women getting in trance. And it's just like something that for me, yeah, kind of appealing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was it scary? Yeah. Was it scary could, to see that when you were a child? Chipper, I think I have like, I, I mean, maybe the, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I was scared or fascinated because yeah. this is like something that is like, you know, you are just like, wow, what is happening? <clears throat> and you don't know you what is happening since like, I mean, clearly uh, I certainly had like my self experience of trance. 
playing later or being like, you know, listening to music or. But when you saw that from not feeling it, it's just like, okay, so I kind of like this effect of I like to see this, but I don't know what's going on. I don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. And I guess it's normalized because it's part of your culture, your parents' culture. So they're not standing around going, oh my God, what is she? Is that lady okay? It's just completely normal. It's like how it is. It's yeah. it's not like I mean clearly uh, being like in a in a cultural uh, on in this cultural world I mm -hmm. saw some some different reaction in okay. in Morocco in Morocco for example or in France in in weddings I yeah. saw different reaction to these people getting in trance and uh, I don't want <laughs> I don't want to tell too much but yeah once. Uh, my mom got into a trance and my my little sister, she was really upset. She was like, calm down, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, it's just like, it, it's something that happened because, yeah, mom was sharing this feeling with uh, another woman who was friend with her. And this woman, yeah. had, there is like a lot of, uh, you know, oh, I don't know how to say that in English, but Emotion? when this woman... Uh, sorry like emotion yeah yeah there is a lot of emotion going on and actually this kind of uh entrance to the trance is 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 built by your uh, your uh, emotional weight mm. so i remember this woman she has been like through a lot of problems a lot of issues in her life and when she was in the in this wedding with my mom get like <clears throat> dancing together yeah, she communicated that to my mom. <laughs> wow. Well, it's amazing. So, well, maybe you know, I said that should not go too personal. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's super interesting. I mean, I am obsessed with Moroccan music, Nawa music and, and the Berber music from Morocco. Yeah. Yeah. And I spent, I went there for like four years on the, like every year, every sort of for a month around Christmas and just was like, searching out musicians and yeah. spending a lot of time in the Gmail Fanar actually in Marrakesh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just just checking out the, the the scenes and like seeing a lot of trance scenes and seeing a lot of like very weird stuff. And the music is absolutely mental. Yeah. And that's and it's also it really reminds me of like Irish music, like traditional yeah. Irish music. If if Irish traditional music was a little bit more experimental, maybe yeah, yeah, it would be Moroc. It would be like a Moroccan or North African style of yeah. music, and it makes no it makes all the hair stand on, on on my body and makes me feel like I'm hearing something that I've heard for millennia, like yeah. something goes that goes very very far back, but. Ah, I see. Okay, so you already had like your ears trained for the weirdness of the music I, that you actually ended up making. Yeah, well, clearly I think so. And and yeah. uh, and and uh, all the the Arabic music has this part of uh, you know kind of weirdness. Like one of the most famous singer in uh, in the Arabic world is called Um Kalsum. Yeah, I love Um Kalsum. Yeah. What? So I don't know if you saw footage of her her concerts. I have actually. Yeah. So you saw what is happening in the room. Like men are like fainting. Yeah. People are crying. It's just like, what's going on here? And it's just like a woman mastering her vocalise and talking about her emotion. It's mm -hmm. really, really deep. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's my... Uh, kind of background yeah so uncle Thum is is an inspiration massively well, it, it's also someone that has always been here you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's the uh, yeah when you are a child you listen to things in your home and uh yeah it, it took you a while to uh, to understand how these things have been like going through you mm -hmm. and they, they yeah they dig their own on path or into you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's something that now I'm really like because yeah, if I if I think about 
things that I have been choos- choosing listening to. For example, the Velvet Underground was really some something that was a shock for me when I discovered mm. them. It was like, yeah, getting uh, lost in, uh, you know, all the live performances that you can listen from the Velvet. You you can feel like these people, they are not like, yeah, they are building something with their music that helped them, you know, getting to the kind of zone. Yeah, yeah, I totally know what you mean. And so when you got, like, what what was it that kind of sparked you into doing the music, like starting to do it with other people? What, after you were in Bristol, what, you did you meet some people or see a gig or that something that may, got you into, into starting to do it? I think that's a, a very good question. The question was, like, the need, the, uh, in, the need of... Okay, this city is like really cool because, yeah, you have gigs all the time, everywhere, you can go out. But there was not like, if, I, I, uh, if I'm if i remembering, there is, there is not like one gig that made me feel like, wow, I need to do that. No, mm-hmm. it was more like, uh, you know, a kind of uh, openness. You feel like everything, like, Every every evening you have like different style and you can do like plenty of stuff. And at this time I was living in a very small flat. We were two in the in the flat and uh, I was singing all the day or something like that. So for the other, for my partner, it was just like, come on <laughs> again. <laughs> so at some point I was like, but I need to get out. And uh, and uh, yeah, he, he was saying to me, "Yeah, go out, <laughs> do it, <laughs> do it outside." <laughs> so yeah, I was really uh, looking for something at some point because I was bored to do that on my own. And um, I went to the cube. Uh, I don't know if you know the place. So it's a yeah. cinema, but it's also a, a music venue. It's very very. Uh, kind of a little bijou in Bristol. Uh, And uh, I went to the Cube because I saw that they had this orchestra that was really like kind of vague, but open. So everything was like uh, saying, like it was saying like, okay, if you don't think that you are like a good singer, you can come. If you don't think you can play your instrument, you can come. So I was just like, okay, for someone who has never done that with people, I should go. Yeah. So I, I I contacted them and I said, can I go? Uh, can I, I I just go once? I want to see what I'm doing. I arrived there and actually they were like six male and me. And I was not really good speaking in English. <laughs> so I just, I just came on stage, uh, took a mic and uh, played with these guys. And uh, yeah, at the end, the guy was like running the the thing. I said, can I come back next week? And he said, it seems like you have done that all your life. So yeah, you could come any anytime. So nice. I went back. Yes, that was really nice. And actually on the six guys who were there that day, I ended up playing with uh, three, three of them. Wow. Yes, in they were no, that was a pre-EP64. It was a domestic sound cupboard. So okay. it was like a, a collective that we had. So James McPherson and Alex Jones, uh, they they were like going to the, the Cube Orchestra. And I met James that day. And uh, we ended up like, you know, having like good fun, having like beers after talking together, going to pubs after the the cube orchestra and one day said you know i really like what you do and we have this uh, band and uh, do you want to join us and it was uh, james alex matthew grig who is a guitar player a very good improviser uh, harry furnace playing uh, cornet and uh, we ended up like pete bennett uh, and we ended up having uh, this band and uh, also at this time we started like the sound cupboard was a night a night in Bristol a night uh, of improvised music, so it's like 2012, 
2013. Yeah, I think we played together for one year before having like uh, the guts to go out and put this kind of uh, free jazz improv collective uh, okay. on stage. But yeah, we ended up having a, a regular night where we played our improvised music. And uh, yeah, ah, it was like it, there was also Terry Owen who was playing trombone and uh, Dave Dave Finch who was playing sax. So it was a big, uh, big band. Mm-hmm. So we we so, started having. Were you, were you singing? Sorry, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was singing. But uh, oh, like but spoken word or like actual singing or everything was like <laughs> everything okay. is possible. <laughs> okay, wow. and it's always like I, 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 the thing is like I never prepared thing because I know that with these guys, for example, it was a very good thing I learned with them. It's like if you want to improvise, please do not prepare things because we were like. Seven or, or yeah, seven or eight, and you always had like a guy saying, "Well, let's do that, let's do that." At the, at the end, nobody is doing what you know. <laughs> People are like doing what they feel. It's yeah, improvised, okay. so they they try to answer to each other, they try to talk to each other. But yeah, if you prepare stuff, it's like weird. Doesn't sound mm-hmm. right in my in my opinion. Okay, okay, and. Uh, is is that your approach to everything that you do? Is that still what you do now? Uh, no, 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 no. No, for example, with Miguel in Harga, uh-huh. things are very, uh, well, things are set. We know what we want. We know what we want to create with the music. We know what we want to, uh, I know what I want to say. I'm writing the lyrics. The approach is totally different. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that, but next week we are going to play together uh, an improvised set, which is very rare. Okay. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, when I'm playing improvised music, I I rather if I it's my own project, I rather leave people free to do what they want. So that was uh, that was kind of the you know uh, the, the the philosophy behind DP sixty four was like okay. I just ask you to play with me if you say uh, if you say yes let's play together and just like let yourself go do what you mm. want but you play with people so you can't like be uh, you know how I say I would say uh, you can't like uh, you know be violent again okay? like you know you you yeah. don't want to show the, the that you are not like respecting people so of course, when, yeah. When you play, you are like trying to to show something that is good, to share, not yeah. something bad. <clears throat> to be a part of a, a conversation rather than just shouting at everybody. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't do that. I think so. I mean, this is for me like a, a good. Uh, it's a pattern of life, you know. When when you meet people on stage, you meet. It's like meeting people uh, in a in a in a pub, and uh, you are not going to. You want to to talk with people, so you respect them, you yeah. know, or stay at yeah. home on your own. Nice. That's a nice way of uh, of of a nice way of picturing it and imagining that- it. Yeah, because for me, like it's it's really like political. Music is not something that art in general is political. It's like political in the sense that we live together. So it's an experience that we have together. And so by doing something together, we have to show to each other respect and uh, yeah, to welcome each other. I mean, basically, this is what I want to uh, show and feel. I feel... I, I want to feel that the people I'm with are comfortable with me and happy to be like sharing this moment. Yeah, excellent. So what does what does Miguel do? Ah, Miguel, when we play together, is uh, when we play Harga, is uh, doing the uh, the electronics. Uh, is uh, so is is creating the music with uh, synths or 
using his computer, but more, most of the time he's using synth. Mm -hmm. And cool. so we 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 have like several piece uh, pieces that we released. So Heroic Animo de la Misère was the first one, uh, uh, and building the full album was like to you know it's about uh, the migration crisis. So it's still very relevant to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And it's still very relevant to show this work to uh, to the people because the, the the album was like released in 2019, but because of the pandemic, we never had the chance to really play it or to yeah, tour yeah. with it. So this is what I'm going to uh, to perform when we'll be touring together, guys. Is because clearly stop the boat. That means nothing. You know, we have to move. Uh, it's it's a part of the DNA. <laughs> uh, people have to move when they are not feeling well, when they are uh, in danger, when when the so this album we uh, really want to uh, carry on playing it with Miguel. And when we built it, we really like without uh, at the beginning it was not like something that political, but clearly it felt like wow. We need to talk about this because it was 2016, 17, where we met in 2016 together and uh, we started playing music in 2017 together. And I think we had both a lot because he is Spanish from uh, Galicia, which is not like the richest part of the country. And I'm uh, Moroccan and French, but Morocco is also uh, a good part of. Uh, the life I know when I haven't been a lot in Morocco, but when I've been there, I could see the really the difference in between, you know, uh, the discrepancy in between lives. Of course, yeah. It's, it's shocking when you you are like growing up in a country like France and you go there and you realize that wow, people are really struggling with the and they, and they made their life with not a lot. So so clearly, uh, yeah. To come back to what we do with Miguel, most of the time our music is like corrosive, but uh, necessary, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And that album, the one that you're talking about, is yeah. uh, did that come out on the uh, on that Even Bristol? Yeah, yeah. It I've comes out. Yeah, I've that album. and did it, did it really come out in 2019? I thought it was yeah. early, because didn't no, you no, guys? Because I remember the Harga thing yeah. developing, and then all of a sudden you guys were playing like CTM Festival. And it was, at, it was at Tunnel, yeah, Berlin ah, at Tunnel. Yeah, that's right, uh, yeah. Yeah. But we were, uh, I think uh, when it came out, we were like playing a bit before releasing the album, but it came out in May 2019. So people knew uh, a bit already the music we were playing. And that's why we were invited already. We were like supposed to play uh, Supersonic in 2020. <clears throat> I mean, people were like uh, reacting very well uh, with this album. I mean, and uh, if it wasn't because of the pandemic, I think people will uh, will know it better. Yeah, you'd, you'd have probably done a fair bit of touring. Um, yeah, yeah. Almost two years, I reckon, for sure, because yeah. it did seem like people were really ready to to hear Harga and to see it. You know, yeah, yeah. I I, rem I remember it at the time. Yeah. But before, because there's there's the Harga thing, right? Which you're touring with us, and yeah. we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit about that later. How that's going to happen? But yeah. I would like to before we go. That is, I want to because the EP sixty four thing. We, yeah, uh, we've, we've taken part in it. I think I have. I think me and Chris have played as part of yeah. it in Bristol. <laughs> we've told. Yeah, yeah. Also, well, we played also, together. <laughs> yeah, you played with us in Bristol with Tony, yeah. which was a part of a nod or and D thing. That wasn't yeah. an EP. What did no, Chris it was not. Or &D thing. No. So, tell us a bit about EP sixty four, what it means, and why why it came about. Because that was a massive project. That went on for a long time. Yes, so. that's true. So EP, 
EP64 means ephemeral project 64. <laughs> and so uh, it came it came uh, in a dream. Uh, I really had a dream one day uh, in 2012 or 2013. I was like playing music. But yeah, so it was certainly 2013. Or... I, want, uh, I, I woke up one morning and I was like having this this dream that was really vivid it was really weird it was like i was in a record shop in bristol and i was looking like uh, in boxes and the guy at the counter said hey what are you looking for and i was just like not answering and he said if it's your band ep64 it's over because you wanted it <laughs> i was just like Wow. It's yeah, and you know uh, these dreams like very vivid. You are just like, but what happened? So I woke up, said that to my partner, and I was just like, <laughs> you know. And it took me a while to understand what was this EP sixty four. It took me a while, and uh, and uh, yeah, uh, at some point I wanted to play more because uh, we we were playing with. Uh, the domestic sound cupboard, DSC. Uh, but we were like playing once a month in the Bristol at the Crofters. We had our night and uh, I wanted to play more. So I ended up thinking that this dream again came back to me and I was like, yeah, ephemeral project 64. So the idea was to play 64 time, uh, times with different people, different lineup and improvise the music and record everything. So now this project is over. We reached the 64th gig. And what was really funny is the first one took place in the toilets in, in Bristol, in a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Victorian clock room toilet. It's now a cafe. Uh, but yeah, everything is a cafe now. But you know, you know, at this time it was a Victorian toilets, and they made it like an art gallery or something like that. But it was really like a kind of a still in his own um, state. <laughs> well, 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 some friend organized uh, the Bristol Ham there, and it was the first gig. So I played with Dan, Dan Johnson, who is the main collaborator, and uh, and uh, Nick Janawe, who was doing some electronics. And we played the first one here. And we ended up with the last one at the Arnolfini. The Arnolfini is the Contemporanean Art Center. trajectory. <laughs> <laughs> What a trajectory. <laughs> exactly. So I was the just pilot like, to the prestigious wow. art gallery. Exactly. I was just like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> this is unbelievable. So from the, sh the toilet to the art gallery. It's cool. Uh, we had like two days of uh, celebration for the last one. And the idea was to uh, to invite all the people who took part to perform. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I sent you an invitation. Yeah. But yeah, so we ended up doing uh, doing this uh, two days party at the Arnolfini in May 2022. So we had like 16 uh, sets of music improvised over the weekend. So at some point, we're going to release that. Ah, I was going to say, when are we going to start seeing some EP64 releases? Because there's only one one or two things on Bandcamp. Well, they are like a bit more uh, because we did like a lot of tapes. Okay. Uh, well, well, we did like a lot of tapes. Uh, the last one was with uh, Aventure Corps. It was EP 64, 57. And okay. there will be one release very soon. EP 64, 63, which was with Valentina Magaletti, mm -hmm. Agat Max, Nice. Yoshino Shiara uh, oh. yeah, and uh, Laura Phillips on visuals and uh, me, my, myself, uh, in New River Studio. So we're going to release that in April. 
Okay. It was it was uh, a very, I wanted to have uh, this lineup of women <laughs> to uh, to do the uh, the antepenultime one penultimate one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, actually, it was really cool. So we're going to release that soon. And the big big things will be like the sixty fourth will be released. Uh, in the, in the, yeah, the, the, there is also a movie, like it was really a funny thing to do. Okay. Yeah, so, we had like a, a proper director coming. Uh, his name wow. is James Ankins. So he's doing some uh, videos, music videos usually. And he, he, he has done like a, a thing with uh, Richard Dawson called The Hermite. I don't know if you saw that. The Hermite with uh, with Richard Dawson. He has done this for Richard Dawson. And this guy has been here all the weekend filming the whole event. So it's going to be fun. We're going to have like a, a big party for that too. Oh. <laughs> Everything is like an occasion to party, you know. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's the Bristol way. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true, Paddy. There is something here. Nice. So, Adali, just to continue where we were there, who yeah. is releasing? Who's releasing the EP sixty three and sixty four? How are you? How are you getting them released? Okay, so EP sixty four, sixty three uh, uh, will be released by Permanent Draft with okay. uh, Valentina uh, Magaletti and Fanny Carello uh, new label. <laughs> so we're going to be like their uh, first baby. Uh, which, which is, I'm very, very, very happy. I'm very thankful. And uh, 64th, it's a big, big work. So it's maybe seven or eight hours of music. Oh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> like Fucking people, hell. yes, it's going to be like, okay, you know me, I'm not going to make it like, uh, you know. Uh, fancy. Uh, I might like just have like a rack of, uh, you know, a box of uh, tapes <laughs> or CDs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly. Uh, and I think uh, the Brunswick Club edition was like behind the uh, behind the uh, the full event because I was support like I was really lucky. I was uh, I I ended up being supported by people to organize this event. So I had like the support of the Brunswick Club. Uh, it was a place, a venue in Bristol, but they also have a, a label called the Brunswick Club Editions. Mm -hmm. uh, I was supported by uh, Beef, which is Bristol Experimented uh, Expanded Film. I was uh, the event was supported by Weaver, with a uh, alliance for the visual art in the west of England. So a lot of people have been like pushing to uh, to create this event, and I think the Brunswick Club edition will be the one releasing this uh, kind of uh, okay. mammoth mammoth <laughs> mammoth release. Yeah, it is mammoth. Yeah. Fuck me, <laughs> Jesus. But I mean, it, it makes sense for it to be on CD. You know, CD is perfect for that kind of thing. You think so? And then, yeah, I think so. And I think CDs. There's this thing that people don't like CDs or buy CDs, but that's not true. I, I, we don't find it to be true. We sell CDs. And yeah. also, if you, if you have a film as well, if you've got a CD thing, then you can have a DVD thing, and it all kind of ah. fits, nice to, all fits nice together, you know? But yes. It depends. But that's crazy. And I mean, so when you say that you get the support of all these things, did you have to seek that support out, or is that people approaching you saying, "We love what you're doing. We want to, we want to support what you're doing"? I think I think I've been extremely lucky to have people coming to me and saying, "You know, your project is fun, is good, and uh, we really like it." Wicked! Wow! Yeah, well, I'm really bad at uh, anyway. I'm really bad at uh, applying to stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you don't need to, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you don't need to. Just, well, just uh, think about it. Just dream about it. Just keep yeah. fucking Come keep on, writing let, down let, those let, dreams. Keep let's, writing. Let's dreams have down more dreams. But yeah. <laughs> Did your dream uh, actually yeah. come true? Has anyone? Have you been in a record shop and they've uh, and that's happened? Ah, uh, I mean, <laughs> no, 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 not yet. Well, not, not yet. yet. This time. Voilà. 
Not yet. <laughs> maybe, maybe soon. I don't know. Uh, we wow. need to release that first. So the the EP sixty four thing that that finished up. I mean, one thing um, before we got onto Hag, I wanted to ask you because I remember we did our first show. Well, the first time we played together what? was in Bristol at what? the Exchange with Tony yeah. Surgeon. Yes, and I was always interested into how you got into doing the vocals because I think you use a loop station and a giga delay, or is it just yeah. a giga delay? Uh, oh. I, I, I use a loop station and I use a voice transformer. Voice transformer, okay. Ah. And actually, I think that that is interesting for me because it helped me like create some kind of uh, another person singing with yeah. me. Or... Yeah, but totally. anyway, it. I, I, I think that uh, yeah, uh, the setup, I, I could go on my mic. On my own, but I think the most interesting thing is to be with the others. That's mm -hmm. really the music of the others, or the music created by by the group that put me in. I mean, clearly, as as soon as I listen to the sounds, and I'm like, I'm really kind of uh, focusing on sounds. This is like getting me like to yeah create sounds and this is getting me to something that I want to yeah discover or like dig in or you know explore yeah. new territories uh, nice. <laughs> nice. so yeah so this, maybe, this this so, this gig with uh with you guys that was like really cool that was really cool with uh, it's a good gig it's a very oh, good gig yeah yeah, yeah. I so mean people after... sorry go on go on I was just going to say, some of that gig ended up on Nod R&D Volume 3. Yes, yeah. I know. No, it didn't. It didn't. Yeah, I think no. it did. It, it, it I do. didn't. Yeah, I do. I do. You know what? I do have the tape where this gig yeah. is. I it was a tape, it. yeah. Oh, yes. was it it's Volume 4? Yeah, no. yeah, I bought oh. it. No, no you no, bought it. Really. Yeah, but like it was random. I mean, years after, I think. You know, my my partner is a record collectioner. He's like the crazy in music, yeah. Yeah. and he also buy tapes. Okay. And I remember, like you ended up playing here, I think, and Lionel came and bought you some tapes randomly. When we put it, was like, "But well, this is me." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we fucking gave it here. I mean, my God. <laughs> But that's fine. It's not a problem. I could, guys, you have like such a great production, so I can uh, I can really understand that sometimes, you know. It's you craziness. Things get lost. Yeah. <laughs> get lost. But that, that was fun. I think that recording yeah. as well, I tried to record it but couldn't set the recorder up. So Tony did it on, on his phone. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're remembering it all wrong. No, no, no. 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 Go on then. What, Tony... What Tony always records with the Zoom on the table where he's got his gear. He never puts it in the room. He always just puts it on the table. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, that's not gonna fucking work, Tony. Not with this set. But it did work. It sounds all right. It doesn't sound amazing. No. But I remember anyway from that gig. That I think that was the first time. I think we'd met before, Dahlia. I couldn't remember, but that was the first time I saw you perform, and I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> some, there's some some fucking going on there, and then yeah, and and now we're getting to fucking tour together, which is yeah. pretty pretty damn cool. And hopefully, maybe let's see what happens if you're up for it, and and and, and something we have an occasion where we can jam together over the course of the tour. That would be pretty fucking cool as well. Yes, yes, but, that would be cool. Tell us, tell us what it is that you're you're doing on the tour because it's not EP sixty four. It's a version of Harga, isn't it? So yes, yeah. So I I will uh, I will perform Harga. Uh, obviously, depend on the venues and uh, yeah, maybe the crowd. I have like different uh, uh, pieces of music to perform. Uh, so, Heroic Animo de la Misère, the first album, is the one I really want to uh, perform. But we also released uh, with Takoroku, so Café Auto Digital Label, when the pandemic happened, we released a piece called Femme d'Intérieur, 
which is about women <clears throat> being abused uh, uh, and uh, women facing violence in a home when they are like, you know. Well, anyway, domestic violence against women. And uh, this is also something that I like to perform. But I think mainly because we are going to Europe, north of Europe, I really want to perform Heroic Animal de la Misère. Because as I said, migration is something that you can't stop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and do you uh, think do you think that that's going to get across in your performance to these people in the north of Europe? I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. I think uh, what is cool when you are like touring is, I mean, I never toured, so I'm very, very, very happy and excited that we're going to do that together. Because yeah. obviously, guys, you are. Uh, You've got your PhD in touring. <laughs> 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 I think like you are like very well. Uh, well, you are damn good at that. Uh, but yeah, me, uh, it's going to be my first time. So it's a relief to do that with you. And uh, I think the interesting aspect of meeting and confronting your music for the first time to a new crowd, you will mm -hmm. see what's coming. Yeah. I mean, What's coming out from the audience? What people will uh, will give you back? You know. Yeah. So we'll see if people get it or not. It's true that it's not mostly in it's in French, so uh -huh. it's not like mostly French. Darija, uh, which is Arabic from Morocco, but not English. So yeah, that's going to be interesting to see if people get it. I'm excited for you. Yeah. <laughs> Your first, your first tour, going out, doing it on your own every night. Yeah, yeah. It's, fucking, it's exciting. Right. I mean, yeah. Miguel always wanted that because Miguel has a health condition that can't, uh, he can't travel that, uh, yeah. that often. So Miguel always said, you should go on tour and do this on your own. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. pandemic. <laughs> of course, now, yeah. And now, okay, let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Now we'll see. Yeah. And I don't want to give like too much away about how you're going to do it, but I I am interested in how you're going to do Miguel's side of the, the sound. I mean, you don't have to tell us because you don't have to give your... your no, it's, it's not secret. It's not secret. It's actually a very, very good uh, tool uh, that Miguel... Uh, advised me to buy which is an octa track ah okay okay yeah, yeah so that's uh, that's really interesting to have this kind of machine because it's uh even if it's complicated and not very intuitive uh it's a very uh, reliable machine because at okay. some point at some point we were wondering how i should do that shall i take my computer and play the backing track on my computer, but actually a computer is not that reliable. Yeah. And this octa track is really kind of solid and I need this kind of thing. Okay. I'm I'm can I ask a really nerdy, techy, boring question? Because well, I don't really I'm not, know. I'm not I, sure I, I can really I, I I'm not sure <laughs> I can reply to that. But <laughs> well, <laughs> the question is it's very simple really like how the fuck does an octa track work? Is it are you sampling? Have you presets, or is it you're just writing drum loops and stuff on the fly, oh. improvising or what? So uh, when I'm using it, because now I started like playing myself on this machine, like yeah. playing music on my own, uh, but I'm not ready to tour with that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, but 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 still, I'm I'm still like trying to discover as. A, as this machine work, uh, really, you can do a lot. This machine is like crazy good to the fact that, like, because of this fact that mm -hmm. you can very do a lot with a, a minimal knowledge. But yeah, you have to have this ten percent, which I'm certainly ha having ten percent of uh, of the 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 way you you play this machine and. Regarding what I'm going to do with Harga, this machine is very good because you just enter your tracks 
on it and you'll play them as backing track. Ah, nice. So you are like, for example, you are having like a full project, which is Harga, Heroic Animal de la Misère, and all tracks are here in your machine. Nice. And then and you can so, kind of man manipulate them as well, right? Yeah, if yeah. you want, if you want. Okay. But me, I will still... The thing is that is I'm very involved in the vocal performance, of course, and yeah. I and I'm doing stuff with my own pedals. So I needed a machine that I can rely on. I got yeah. just to push the button, yeah. and it plays Miguel's music, and then I can do my own stuff, my own music, if you want, my own share of the music using my pedals and focusing on the delivery of my vocals because mm -hmm. yeah there is like this big aspect of uh, of our music is that is like uh incarnation of uh of this music and yeah. this is this is i think that that is the the job i have to do is like yeah. how to incarnate this excellent yeah, I mean, it's just the way you use the Octatrack is a similar way to the way I, I use a sampler like a Roland SP404. Oh, I do yeah. the exact same thing. So, exactly. So they're a very, very useful, very, very useful tool. Uh, yeah. Especially especially for somebody like myself. I don't know like about you, but I'm not a very big techie guy or even a very, very good, like, you know, musician in regards to like what a musician really is, like reading yeah, music yeah. or understanding yeah. understanding this part of it. So these tools are like they're like a godsend, you know? They're like, oh, I need these things in my life to to actually help it's me to true. do what I want to do. It's true, but I would say to the electron team, maybe guys you can like work on the intuitivity of your machine. Sorry. Yeah. It's a very, very well, I, I use it. But I use an MPC. I bet it's easier than that. <laughs> uh, it's quite MPC. hard. Does a similar thing. Yeah. Okay. Like you can play, okay. you can put in tracks, like audio tracks, and then you can have layers going on. Yes. Or you can okay. set it. You can basically automate or make it as performative as you want, you know. Yeah. But I do a similar thing with that Secret Fields project where I've got like basically the backing tracks in the MPC. You know, okay. if you go if you've already written the music and you just need something to play it through. Yeah. You know, with a bit yeah. of compression and a bit of uh you know, and then you could maybe add layers onto onto that as well. Yes. A similar thing really than the Octatrack, but a different um different kind of like obviously operating system. So you exactly. They've all got their own ways of doing the same thing, really. Yeah, yeah. But you can see using this machine, you can see that they are created by engineers. Yeah, yeah. So people who like machines, who yeah. talk to machines, but they are, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got friends like that. They talk to machines. I mean, I think with, with those machines as well, I think, um, you know, people use them in many different ways. Like, yeah. So you need, I guess, you need a lot of options for the various ways you can that people use them for yeah. what they do. Yeah, yeah. But half of it you usually don't need because you yeah. use it your way. You know. Yeah. No, I mean, it's yeah. good to use it your way. Huh? It's good, but uh, yeah, with your other track, you can't like come like that and just push buttons. Yeah. yeah. You, have to, yeah. you have to follow a little procedure that is not easy to understand if you're not going through the manual, mm -hmm. which is not really attractive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, would be, that would be very, very tough for me to. Uh, I would get, I'd probably get pretty bored pretty fast. Well, uh, imagine for me not being, uh, you know, a native speaker of English. And having just the manual in English and just take words. You could probably Pages find of take words. You could probably find some French YouTube tutorials though. That's well, a pretty well, good thing now. Yeah. You don't have to just yeah, read yeah, the manual. You can just type in YouTube, on YouTube. How yeah. do you do this on an NPC or whatever? Yeah. True, yeah, it's true. Answer. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's yeah. helped me so much. Yeah. Yeah, well. These tools that we have. So, I mean, 
it's going to be um it's going to be mint then really heading out on the road with you Dali. i'm really looking forward to it um i think i think i think it's going to be very interesting as well for a lot of our maybe normal nod crowd that we get in maybe yeah. in certain places to actually like witness haga witness the sound of haga yeah. um and uh, I, i'm looking forward to to being in in these venues when that's happening and I mean, there's lots of places where we haven't played before or we haven't played in a long time as well, which is good too. So it's not like just the usual circuit that we do. There's actually yeah. quite a lot going on where we haven't been either. So I think it's going to be good all around, like for all of us, some new experiences for everyone. Um, yeah. And it'd be interesting to see because maybe we will get like in a lot of gigs kind of like a more, I don't want to say conservative, but like... Um, conservative in regards to what they listen to maybe you know like they might yeah. just listen to r noise rock or psychedelic rock yeah. for them to be hit hit with with something from Harga industrial going to be, yeah yeah it's going to be interesting where was um, he yeah i think he's going to be like a good challenge for me not yeah, being good. like it's 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 great like to i just want to see if i'm able to do that every night for 20 days you know yeah yeah of course you will have you ever um i mean have you ever done gigs like in a row like many every night no no i've been like doing two or three maximum okay so it's just like i don't know because the one thing that happens to me and i mean this i i was a smoker as well at this yeah. point but my yeah. voice would always i'd lose my voice within yes. like six seven shows it was yes. gone so yeah that's really my concern is like and that's why i really want to see if i'm able to do that mm -hmm. is yeah uh to save your instrument okay so when it's like as fragile as the voice mm -hmm. uh yeah how do you cope with uh so i'm exercising every day i'm doing my uh vocal works my exercises every day because i'm kind of uh yeah i'm i'm looking for what to eat but i'm a bit you know uh i don't know if it's going to be possible to sing every night but that's fine i think uh now that i have decided to do that by training myself having like a discipline yeah <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so, so yeah. yeah, and I also think like even if you do lose your voice, one of the great things about that maybe will be breaking through that yeah. and realizing like that it's amazing. It's amazing what can happen when you've got to do what you've got to do, and you you might have had a voice, no voice all day, and then suddenly you're on the stage and it's there, it's back. Oh, wait. And, and it's transformed. Yeah, it transforms a little wow. bit. Wow. Like for okay, me, some so of the best that... gigs I've ever done have been with when my voice is completely gone. I've gone on stage going, oh, fuck, like this is going to, I can't do anything. And then it comes back, but it's it's a different voice. It's like transformed wow. and it's almost, it's almost better. It's <laughs> wow. almost like better, you know? Wow. So it's interesting. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to be fucking doing what I used, usually do on tour. We used to do on tour, which is like, not sleeping and smoking a million cigarettes a day. No, right. that's I'm not doing that anymore. So it'll be interesting to see this time around on tour if if the same thing happened. And then I know it's not cigarettes; it's more something in in my head. You know what I mean? More like a kind of a, yeah. a stress a stress reaction to, to yeah, something, or whatever you know. Yeah, maybe. But I'm surprised by the story of getting back on stage and recovering your voice when you have none. So it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It really yeah. means that you have a mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wow. definitely, and the mindset is either it's like a either like my body is totally intuiting what's happening, and in the daytime it's saying you've got no voice because I'm not going to allow you to have a voice. So when it comes to this thing that you do at 10 p.m. every night for an yeah. hour, hour and a half, yeah. you've got yeah. your voice for it. It's like a muscle yeah. memory or something, you know? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Knows. But it's good. I like it yeah. because it just makes everything weirder, and you're kind of like, okay, yeah, this is the this is the the journey we're on. Like, this is how it is. So, 
How was the gig in Shipley? Sorry. I yeah, you... that was super cool. That was really, really cool. But uh, they are going to refurbish the place, so they have to stop uh, yeah. doing gigs there. But they they said that uh, they think that uh, people will uh, back them up and they will come back after the big, big renew refurbishment of the of the center. But yeah, that was a super cool night. The only thing was like they had like electrical problem because it was so heavy for the system that yeah. it was like cutting, cutting, yeah. cutting. <clears throat> that happened to us yeah. well when we were well yeah. to Mick Harris. Yeah. Yes. It happened a few yeah, times. Well, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oh so, well, I mean they'll be back those guys are always fucking they're always like doing things and then disappearing for six months a year and then they come back and oui, know, oui. all their shows well, are selling well. out so yeah 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 well but they are like uh i mean i met someone a young guy who is uh, working in a place in bristol and said to me you played in she play it's actually the place where i'm born and actually i'm very thankful to these guys because i i had nothing else than them yeah, in yeah. in Chipley, and uh, he really like th- this is a young guy talking like in his twenties saying that how how thankful he is for this kind of you know random guys coming and saying oh let's do an act. Yeah, the old <laughs> punks. Actually, it's, it's always nice. the old punks. It's always well, well. the old punks, well, well, old punks yeah. and the old ravers together. Yeah. Yes, yeah. true, true, true. Because they knew. <laughs> Yeah, there is something to do. Mm-hmm, I'm so always that. Yeah. So, uh, Dali. Yeah. Um, what was what was the first kind of music that really made you want to make music? Did, was, was there any kind of spark at one point, or was it just a slow progression? I think it's a slow progression. Yeah. Really, really, because, well, I mean. No, I can't really uh, think that I had this because, yeah, it was like coming here. That was like a kind of, okay, I feel relaxed enough in this environment and I feel uh, kind of free enough to do this kind of thing. Mm. So it was not like related to something external. It was more like, uh, yeah. An uh, environment. Yeah, or the, the, but uh, uh, an, an, in, an intimate di- discovery, if you know what I mean, like okay. just discovering that you are you have having this desire. Yeah, it's your own desire to go on outside and do that in front of people. Mm-hmm. So it was not like, uh, oh, I want to be a. I want to be sounding like these people or I want to be like on stage like these people. For me, it was yeah. more like, yeah, I need to go out and I need to do that with people. Okay. Sorry, Chris. Go for it. Sorry, mate. Um, so you said before as well, like your parents' music was yeah. the Moroccan music. Yeah. Did you listen to anything yourself that your parents didn't listen to? Well, imagine, well, but no, but I was like, yeah, I was saying like earlier that uh, listening to the Velvet was really for me like kind of, uh, whoa, yeah, something that was uh, as Occidental music, Occidental from Occident, uh, from, uh, from this kind of the side of this world, <laughs> yeah, was was really interesting. But yeah. yeah, otherwise, uh, I listen to plenty of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what's what shit? But like you know, uh, if you put a, a, an average radio, yeah. Okay, what would you have? I'm not going to say some words. I'm not going to tell you already. Um, Actually, if I, no, me, no, me, like average radio, uh, you know, you having. In shops or things like that, or you can have at home and things like that. Oh, well, I, I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to unlock that cringe uh, in the tour van at some point. Okay. Yeah, I'm you'll gonna, be fine because Chris, I'm gonna Chris is basically you. Chris is basically Radio Fucking One, but from 1986. <laughs> ah, d'accord. <laughs> yeah, so when we're in the van, you're in the van, you're gonna hear all the all the hits, all the hits that you that you want. 
I think there's something to be said though about when you're really yeah. young, when you're really naive with music yeah. and yes. things catch your ear and you yeah. become like, you know, it's in your head all the time and exact. you get really attached to it. And whether that is like, you could look at that cynically and say, well, you don't know any better and it's just making all the right things happen to make your brain think it's good. Or you could mm-hmm. say, well, no, it's your brain wanting that and you know what I mean yeah yeah I know what you mean like you recognize that there is something good in it yes yeah and even and even also, though when you get older it makes you cringe a bit I think yeah. there's something to be said that I don't know it's like it's it's like that primal thing isn't it you know yes. it's a primal reaction to to music that oui. when you when you're quite naive and don't really don't. Don't yeah. really know what's cool and what's cringe, you know. Yeah. It's it's yeah. a natural reaction. I think I think there's something there with that that uh, we need to tap into more because other but people feel, like... other people feel that too, you know. Well, I think that this feeling. is like something very uh, intimate. As I said earlier, like music is touching you like deeply, and mm. it like find a path in, into you. And uh, yeah, it's, there is a, an intimate reaction to music. So some people are like crazy uh, when they when they like take metal music, for example. If they listen to metal, they are like when they 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 go they are going mad. They love it. And mm. other people are just like having this kind of uh, eruptive reaction that they are like, no, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So anyway, you you can't understand that because at the end of the day, it's still like playing playing notes. People are playing notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And when you're young, when you're young, a lot of music is tied in also with a, a very specific emotion. Maybe yeah. the first time you felt a very specific emotion or a memory of a thing. And also, I mean, being in our age, well, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 43. Chris is. 46 or 45 47 maybe 47 are you fucking hell lad you're doing well but what i think as well i mean this is just my own theory and it might be absolute bullshit and i probably am talking shit but there's something to be said for this music pre mobile phone social media like this 80s whatever 70s 80s especially the golden age of the 80s which is this very specific kind of pop music that somehow was very romantic and create creates a very romantic memory for a lot of people who grew up in that time music was so important then that it has massively impacted upon people's lives because there's so many memories tied in with a, a soundtrack you know yeah. I don't know if it's so much like that nowadays because there's it's different times, obviously. So yeah, but yeah. music is still. Uh, I mean, if you like, if you give an importance to music in your life, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Because I know people who are, they don't care, they don't listen, they yeah. don't, yeah. they don't engage with music. But as soon as you engage with music, clearly, uh, yeah, it touches you, and as you said, is like linked to your life your memories of emotions when you are feeling love feeling love for someone or friendship like mm-hmm. i have friends i share music with them and uh, funny memories about like stuff you know when you are like children and you you know you play around some tracks or <laughs> you are having fun and remembering some songs yeah so yeah, yeah it's uh it it all depends. Like I think this is and this is why it's like so important. Like for me, it's like this intimate uh, relationship with music is like yeah. It for me, it's like something that can save uh, save people from being just like fucking consumer capitalist and things like that. But you know. I, I yeah. I'm I, I'm still dreaming that people can like have something free, you know, that they don't have to buy or so this this kind of leads me on to the probably gonna be the last question now because we've got about yeah. six minutes left. Um yeah. so what 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 makes you carry on doing what you're doing? 
A very good question. Uh, I think there is a, for me, there is also, there, there is this, this uh, quest of in sounds, if you know, like quest mm-hmm. is a big word, but sorry, my English is not like, I'm not a native speaker. But what I mean is like, I'm still looking for sounds that touch me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is the other aspect of performance. I'm a performer. I need to like, I discovered that like lately when I arrived in Bristol, but clearly I knew that before, you know, I, I want to share and create emotion with people, like sharing that with people that is like, for me, uh, invaluable. It's like, yeah, this is something that when it happens and you have the pleasure to, you know, share and create something with the audience and share with the and 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 with the, the uh, other musician is mm-hmm. like invaluable. So mm-hmm. this is like my motto. If if you if you want, is like just like go out and share that with people and try to you know create something that people didn't listen to before, like dig new sounds. Cool. cool. So that's what drive, that's what's driving you. I think so. Eh? I think so. Clearly, it's not money. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. That's for that, sure. That, no, <laughs> it's not money. So yeah, it it has something to to yeah to do with uh with our life. We made yes. this choice. We made this choice, and this choice is to, you know, go out and share with people. Perfect. It's the perfect place to end it there, darling. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't I, know. I really like that. Thanks. So, I mean, nice one. Thank you for being on, on that and chatting to us. It was very interesting. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, yeah, also thank you for yeah. all what thank you, you did. Thank you. I can't wait till we go on tour. Uh, yes. So, and most, a lot of people who are who will be listening to this and we know the people from the Patreon are going to be at the shows, so they'll yeah. hear this. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and we'll just have to see. Let's see what fucking happens. Uh, well, well, let's see. Let's see if uh, no the followers will like Harka and uh, enjoy it as not. I think, they I think they will. I think yeah. they will. Uh, nice one. Thank you so right, much. You. you take care of yourself. See you soon. Right.